everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. And welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. You guys will be blown away by our phenomenal guest today. She is coming from us super early and she is going to be giving us a wealth of things for us to get excited about and be totally over the moon with. But without further ado, I am not going to delay this any further because I've been excited to have her on. I've been excited to hear what she's got to say. So let's bring in EJ Mello. Hi. So tell us about your book, because I know every reader who is listening to this podcast will be like, oh my God, tell me about the new one. Tell me about the new one. <laughs> the new one I'm writing right now. Yeah, tell us about that, and then tell us about the one you're just releasing. Um, well, the one I'm writing right now is inspired by um, Icarus. It's not a retelling. It's an inspiration. I really liked, you know, that myth a lot, but it's a gender flop, so, or flip. So it's going to be a, a girl who builds wings in order to fly. Um, that's kind of as much as wow. I can really share now. Um, I'm very deep into drafting. It's due yep. soon. <laughs> so <laughs> I understand the late nights. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Um, and then the book um, that previously came out, my Musai series, there's three of them. Um, there's Song of the Forever Rains, which is the first one. and then Dance of the Burning Sea, and then Symphony for a Deadly Throne. It's a trilogy, but it's 
kind of like historical romances where each book is a standalone. Um, so it follows three sisters who are the Musai, who are a bit like um, underground vigilante, like thieves slash sorceresses. And each of them has, um, again, kind of a little bit inspired by a Greek myth, the muses. I love the muses from um, like Hercules. So there's song, dance, and music. And their talents wow. um, are their magic. And that's how they kind of spellbound people and trans people um, and utilize those types of strengths as ways to get what they need. Um, and they report to the Thief King, who has an underground kingdom called the Thief Kingdom. Um, and it's just as chaotic and deplorable and wonderful as you might imagine. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the high level full story of what the series is about. And then Song of the Reverends is the very first one. And it follows the youngest sister, Lakira, who has the power of song. So really with her voice, she can trance hurt um, anyone. And it's really her story of, you know, all of her strength is connected to her voice. So even if she's upset um, and she unintentionally screams or yells or like falls down, skins her knee, it can do a lot of damage. So it's a story about her really trying to control that emotion and her music. Um, while also trying to prove her worth to her family. Um, and she kind of gets put on this solo mission to help this um, guy, Darius McKenna, who's the lord of this castle and his evil stepfather has taken over it. And it's and it's their whole adventures there. Wow, that sounds amazing. That's a really awesome book to be excited about. And I'm sure everybody's going to be lining up to, to get a copy. Tell us about the one you've got uh, just about to release, the one that's, that's coming up really fast. I'm not sure which one you mean, because they're all released here in the United States. So I'm I'm curious which one you, is releasing. I think it's there. your latest one that's just come out, yeah. Oh, Symphony for a Deadly Throne? Yeah. Is that with, like, the green cover? Yes, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. Um, that one is the eldest sister, so that's kind of the order. It goes youngest, middle, eldest. Um, yep. And her name's Arabessa, and she has the power of music. So her instruments, playing instruments, is her power, um, and how that's how she can kind of control things um, and fight off bad guys or bad people. Um, and that is a story of, I guess the tropes would be childhood sweethearts, second chance romances. Um, there's a huge task that she is put up against in the thief kingdom i can't really give too much away it'll give a lot away um but it's really about her and her childhood sweetheart like rekindling and about responsibility and duty to family and um she obviously carries a lot of that because their mother died when they were young so she has become the matriarch um and just how she's self-sacrificed a lot in her life um and this is kind of the ultimate self-sacrifice that she's working through right now um while also trying to stay connected with the man she loves um and just yeah. that kind of peril back and forth wow that sounds amazing so what actually inspired that for you for the, this specific book yeah um well the whole series was inspired actually by my sisters i have three sisters so that was really the like genesis of it i mm -hmm. i'm really close with them we you know our whole childhood was just make believe and play 
and they really are my family, like obviously my parents, but like I always turn to my sisters and I really wanted to explore family dynamics and how often our birth order dictates our personalities. So for Arabessa's book, my older sister is very much like Arabessa. She is the matriarch. She is very selfless, almost to a default. Um, And it's just kind of exploring. I wanted to explore like what that would feel like to carry that weight um, and responsibility of, you know, younger siblings and making sure that their father who lost the love of his life early on um, and also the responsibilities that he's carrying, you know, the water isn't disturbed. So that's really like, I wanted to kind of explore that. It was really hard to write her, to be honest, because um, I am not that selfless. So oftentimes I was frustrated by her choices and her like kind of stubborn, steadfast way of being. Um, But yeah, that was really my inspiration for that and wanting to do that was my older sister and kind of getting into that head space. And I have heard from a lot of other older siblings, they could really relate to Arabessa, which I was glad um, that I kind of tapped into something that I think other siblings feel. I would agree. I think sibling stories are probably the strongest because we all have one or most of us have one, or at least like we have that close friendships that feel like you've got extra siblings, I suppose. And I, I always feel that my my own sibling story was just the same. It was very powerful because it was sisters. It was like, well, how far is a sibling relationship allowed to go before it's considered, you know, too too dangerous? And I think that's it's a phenomenal area to to progress in and to change and to to see things um, as they move on. So um, tell us, what is it that you're excited about reading currently? That's a great question. Um, Currently, um, well, specifically, I'm really excited to read Lee Bardugo's new book that's coming out. Okay. Or it is out. Yeah. I forget. Um, La Familia or something like that. I forget the title, but I'm really excited about that. I really like contemporary, but my, my ultimate candy is historical romance. Like I could eat and drink. I'm the same. Yeah. (laughs) Like those, like nonstop. So really, anything there? Yeah. Are you reading anything right now that you're excited about? I'm reading Tracy Reese. Um, she just sent me a whole pile of her arcs and stuff, so I'm actually working my way through them. That's but, awesome. Um, the Rose Cottage. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. That was a really good one. I'm also, big fan of Catherine Cookson because oh. her writing is so different. It's absolutely insanely different. Oh, Catherine excited. just she does like third person but she also does first person and it it is as if you're literally hearing the story being told by the person in that job in that moment so you oh, feel wow. like you're living every breathing second with it um and you you know she writes the dialect into the into the story so sometimes you have to kind of almost step back a little bit and go oh right okay it's the dialect it's not bad grammar because I think a lot of people pick it up and go oh it's bad grammar but it's not it's the actual way that people would talk and how they would like respond and that is such a a very difficult thing to do but she was able to like recreate that and I think that was incredible so she's she's one of my uh my idols in historical fiction I hope to 
to one day be as good as her. But yeah, she she is phenomenal. It's it's weird because I get a lot of um great authors that send me work uh periodically. In fact, I just discovered the Midwife's Tale, um, which I'm just checking the author's name before I get it wrong. Uh, which actually a different author sent me this book, not the actual author, which is kind of funny. That happens periodically too. <laughs> so it's by Delia Parr, and it's one of it's the first one of the Trinity, and it looks incredible, oh, as wow. you can see. And for the readers that, uh, for the listeners at home, I'm I'm showing her. It's got a picture of this young, beautiful woman holding a child, and it's literally to do with midwives who were around at that time but it wasn't seen as a, a vocation it wasn't seen as a calling it was it was just something that women did for one another like they helped in that way and I just think yeah I think it's 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 an incredible story she's come up with um so I'm, I'm kind of devouring a little bit of that I can't That's wait to get it done but yeah no there's um and it's in perfect timing because called the midwife is back on in the UK oh, yeah. so of course, you know, perfect, uh, perfect two things to line up. But yeah, no, I, I have, I have a love for historical fiction. It's how I started out. Um, one of the most amazing writers that I, I've had on, I've had both on the show is Marianne Curley, and Celia Reese. And Celia Reese actually did Diaries of a Witch, um, oh. who fled the UK during the witch trials, and she's a child. And she goes to the States and then she has to flee the States and she's hiding these pages of her diary in a, in a quilt. And oh, somebody's wow. unpicking this quilt to fix it and they're finding the pages of the diary. And I just thought that was an incredible trilogy that, that they put together. And then you've got uh, Marianne Curley who did Old Magic, which has got time travel in it. And so mm-hmm. this, this young witch ends up traveling back in time with this very modern young chap who just seems to screw it up the whole time and it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of humor and they're great they're young YA books but historically they're they're absolutely amazing uh, yeah. I, I always recommend them so when when you look at writing and you look at publishing right now what makes you excited about the industry what gets you kind of going oh yeah I love being a part of this world I think, you know, I started self-publishing um, indie mm-hmm. and then I went trad um, and I still, you know, kind of, I'm a hybrid author, I guess you would consider me. Um, yeah. And I just I'm love the, the way. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you've seen this, Crystal, because I love the way that indie pushes the genres in the sense that, you know, traditional, obviously they're trying to sell shelf space. So they need category. Um so it's yeah. hard when you have a book that is bridging multiple categories. And I think indie That's true. does, yeah, they do that really well and it's awesome. And I think, you know, with the whole book talk movement, which everyone knows about, um, I think that I'm excited for how indie is rising and how indie is helping dictate a lot of trad. Um I yeah. think that that makes me excited because I, I think it just gives more opportunity for trad. Um, it's unfortunate kind of the way it needs to kind of move like that. Um, but I am excited yeah. about that because I think that it just is going to give more opportunity to more writers to explore new stories and ways of 
writing them um, because readers are going to prove that they want to read it like that. Exactly. And I mean, I'm what they call a prolific author. I think that was my newest sort of uh, tag that they put me on. And well, congratulations. I'm lucky. Yeah, I'm lucky because I get to do multiple genres. I'm not trapped in one genre. I can go wherever I want and I can produce whatever I want. And that's a great thing about being in an indie publisher is that you have that freedom to do that. And, you know, okay, the schedule is, is killer. Um, <laughs> but being able to say, okay, I want to write fantasy YA for, for six months or then say, no, now I want to go into crime for a little bit or erotica or want, you know, and having the freedom to change pen names and not be restricted. And with indie, you get to do that. But if I was in traditional publishing, I wouldn't be able to do that because I would be stuck in a set house with set rules, them wanting a set genre. And the freedoms I feel is just not quite there for authors like me who want to explore and want to dip to, to express all their stories and to tell all the stories that they have rather than being stuck in, say, romance or or one of the subgenres of romance and, and one thing and another. And I made my name off of creating, you know, sports romance and, and pushing pushing sports romance and seeing where that would go and having the wrestling element for the first time in there. Um, and I think we're seeing more of that. We're seeing more people pushing to, to see what can be done in indie. And I think now with indie on the rise and sales definitely on the rise for indie publishers, then, you know, sky's the limit. I don't think this publishing model is going to be the same in the next two, three years. Yeah. And I think a perfect example of that is New Adult. You know, New Adult is something yeah. that's think indie readers would think that's a common category. Mm-hmm. But that is not yeah. in traditional publishing. There is no New Adult. And if there is, it's very new on shelves. No. Um when yeah. I was writing the Dreamland series, which was my very first series that I indie published, that was like the biggest issue with trad when I was trying to get it like represented. They were just like, this isn't a, this isn't young adult and it's not adult. There was no like in between. Yep. And that still is very new. I think in the indie space, it is not new. <laughs> Everyone is doing new adult. No. But if you talk to any trad to go for a long time now. <laughs> yeah. If you talk to trad publishers, they're like, that's not, it's adult. You yeah. know, like it's fantasy adult, which can span so much, um, or it's young adult. Mm-hmm. And there's not that new adult like flag on the yeah. top of banners and stores really um in a lot of places. So I think that's a good example yeah. of like that hybrid model that India is re- has made, has created, has um Yeah. And, and I, I think we're continuing to push it as well because when you look at sports romance now, it's not just football stars and basketball players that the authors are writing about they're writing about mma fighters which laurie foster did an incredible series on you're seeing um my series marie's world which has got wrestling in it starting to make tracks starting to push the boundaries a bit and then you've kind of got the flip side where you've got golf now becoming a thing and and nascar (laughs) racing and you know like almost indie lets you have that freedom to say well what would it be like if these two worlds came together? You know, and I yeah. think I think that's the great thing. And I, I look forward to the day when traditional publishing kind of catches up and goes, ah, so this is why the indie model's working. So maybe we can pinch bits here, there, and everywhere, and we can then sort of dominate again. But until then, I think 
I always say to everybody, if you're thinking about becoming a writer and stuff, look at what you want to do and find the right path for you. Like, if it's traditional, great. You know, you want to stay in one genre, you want to focus on that, that's a fantastic thing. If you want to do a bit of exploration, a bit self-exploration, you can do self-publishing or you can do indie. Um, But there there is a place for everybody now. It's not... It's not like the old days when, you know, you either got through the door or you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's that's amazing. So, oh, yeah. so tell us what you're excited for your readers and for all the listeners out there that's coming up. What's what's the thing that you're most excited about? For my own for my own stuff or for, for... your own work, yeah. Yeah. Um, well I'm excited for what I'm currently writing. Um Yep. The duology. I haven't written a duology before. Um, with each of my projects, I try and tackle some something new um, that helps with my skill, yeah. with my you know learning skills, stuff like that. So, um, with the first book, I first books I wanted to write a trilogy. Then I wanted to write one single standalone contemporary romance, which was the Animal Under the Fur. And then with the Musai series, I wanted to write, I wanted to follow that historical romance model of a series, but that each book is a standalone with like crossover yeah. arcs, um, yeah. which was very, very hard. <laughs> I, I think. know I'm, I'm doing it, but I'm doing it with 36. So, oh my God. <laughs> yep. I'm right there with you because I've got uh, basically my series model is you've got a series. And then all the characters that are the main characters have their own little series. So they have their own little stories ongoing. So sometimes my wall looks like a murder face with all the pins and like the little lines going everywhere. And like the, this person's doing this person and that cat's with this cat. And you know, like you just have to like almost, it's, it's like a friggin' chess game. And I never realized how difficult it would be. And, and I, I'm like six, seven books in now, and I'm like, did I lose my mind? Did I, did so I, are you did a I plot- fall off the wagon here? You know. So are you a plotter? Yeah, I had to be. I, yes. I was, I was going by the seat of my pants for the first one, and then mm-hmm. I realized, oh, I can't do this. I got to break <laughs> the entire series down, and then I have to like, and then I really got forced to plot because. Marie has her world and her story and her version of the story. And then you kind of go into Layla's side and Layla's the cause of everything. And she just has no clue that she is. And it's very frustrating and very, she's so very, very, very naive. And you just almost want to get your hands in the screen and go, yeah, and just jingle her a little bit, you know, and just see if she wakes up a bit. Um, But all the characters are so unique and alive that, to be able to kind of give them their own either standalone book or their own little mini series is has made it feel like a world. It's almost like you're you're exploring the world. So if you don't like Marie, you don't have to follow Marie. If you like Layla, you can follow Layla. If you like just the guys, you can follow just the guys. You know, as they're they're trying to make out what the hell is going on in this crazy world that these two have come in and blown their lives up. And they're standing there like, <laughs> when did this happen? Like. Did I miss the uh did I miss the explosion? Like, you know? Um and there's a lot of weird sarcastic humor in there and and, and that's I mean, I never thought I was gonna take on anything that size. Um and the publisher just she just signed the whole thing and she was like, I love this concept, I love 
what you're trying to do with it, run with it. And in a way, I'm kind of regretting it now. Like, six books, seven books in, and I'm like... Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, I don't know how you do it. I mean, I remember... Because it's one of those things, at least with the Musai series, like the second book, you you write the first book, and it's perfect, right? Like, you made it perfect. Yeah. And then it's like you have to do it all over again, differently, Mm -hmm. but just as perfect. And you're like, but I just... I just wrote this. Like, I don't understand why. Anyway, so yep. it's like one of those things. It, it definitely was a, it made my mind bend, like you're saying. Um, but yep. I wanted to see if I can do it. I did it. Uh, it was, you know, hard. It was definitely very hard. So I think whenever I would read historical romances now where it's like that, where there's a series, but that follows like friends, like different books as a friend or different book as other sisters or whatever it is I'm always just astonished at how fluid it all is and how painless it is because I mean that's the power of writing right good writing is it yeah it seems very the, easy the, the, the idea that none of us sit there tearing our hair out at like two o'clock in the morning crying yeah. over a cup of coffee is I, I love that when fans don't realize just like how many late nights or how many days we see the sunrise because we are desperately trying to do whatever it is So you were saying about how, because um, I just had to pause, guys, because my cat just decided to destroy my kitchen. <laughs> so you were saying about, because we were talking about, obviously, um, what it means to be writing multiple books to multiple different genres and sort of multiple different characters and balancing all that. So how do you feel that now that you've done two, kind of in the same similar theme how are you finding balancing that yeah so yeah so I was saying before like how with each of my projects I like to challenge myself um to kind of tackle an, a, a craft so the first one was this mm-hmm. trilogy the second one was um a standalone and then the third books were the series um trying to write series so each one standalones but that kind of encompass in the same world and then with this new book which is just right now is just called way of wings that's the series it's a duology and i've never written a duology before um so that's trying to and it's a very big high fantasy concept um i tend to get myself in trouble by doing a lot of plots like a lot of stringed things like you were talking about the crazy wall like right now i have that with the crazy like all these plots i have to um finish um and it's interesting because with a series with a trilogy you know the middle book is the act two um but with the duology you kind of it's a weird splintering that i've at least for me personally i've found where you still need like one big big thing that's happening to span the two books yeah but then within this first book it's almost like you have to wrap up you have to wrap up everything i um i'm not going to be leaving it on a cliffhanger i don't really do like the big big it'll be you know it's not like a big oh my gosh fade to black like it's gonna wrap up but there's still obviously going to be stuff that needs to happen I'm in the second book so that's what I'm working on now um and I'm excited for and I'm excited for my readers to experience um with this book and then I'm sorry I feel like I forgot what you just asked before (laughs) so so, yeah I've totally forgotten (laughs) this is like so typical of me but no like I think what you're doing is incredible and I think that to hear that and hear your process and hear about the crazy string and, and, and all that kind of stuff is really good and I think the readers can be really excited about that and I think there's almost that 
with what we're being what we're seeing now coming out of the publishing industry there's there's always far more to explore and far more to to experience and understand and i think that that's incredible and i i have been super honored to have you on today and to to have you here and i can't wait for you to come back and tell me like all about the second one and so we can gossip even more about the second one and how all these characters made you feel and which ones drove you more crazy and which ones you <laughs> can't wait to experience a little bit more and if there's any ones that might just drag you in to you know tease you to try and write a little bit more in that world um and i hope that you'll come back and i hope that you'll come back and help us promote the next one and uh you'll keep, keep me on keep you keep me on your list as yeah no say. this was so fun thank you for ha- taking the time to talk to me and yeah like symphony and I, that's the thing about here it's it's about conversation and having fun and mm-hmm. as a an author i know what media is like it's usually the thing that drives us all insane and we don't <laughs> want to do it most days we want to be sitting there writing about characters not you know thinking oh god how do how do i promote this or do yeah. I, what do i say in this interview like and that's why i created this is like a very good safe space for just talking and i think this is a little bit like book talk it's you know where we do talk books and we talk writing we talk different issues and stuff like that that's going on and i think i'm hoping that more people will come around and uh and and get, kind of get involved with this and i think podcasting is a good way because there's so many of us now that listen to podcasts in the car and yeah when we're driving or shopping or doing whatever and i think um i think it's a good thing i think we we as authors need to start you know sitting down and having these conversations with everybody yeah it's really true because um i feel like it's i don't know if you feel this way but it's we spend all this time alone in our heads with these characters that as soon as we like you know look away from our screens if someone asks like what did you do today what were you writing it's for me it's hard to articulate it's so interesting right like we use words for communication we write thousands and thousands a day and yet we can't I personally have a hard time verbalizing what I'm writing um because I'm not we're I'm not used to it I'm used to just literally Mm -hmm. sitting and being alone with my dolls (laughs) that's how I kind of think about my characters make playing make-believe and then you have to it's we don't it's not often we get to talk about that or what's going on inside our heads so yeah this is always fun yeah, always it's a joy to hear what other people are writing about reading their own characters all that kind of stuff yeah and I think that it's it's good because it's almost like we're opening the door a little bit so people can see what the community is like and they can go oh, you know it, it's not as foreign or strange and then they're not kind of getting caught up on this sort of what we I always call the stereotypes of, of what follows us all around because we all mm-hmm. get told that we're you know insociable or they think of us as old men with cigars and whiskey. And, you know, there's so many of those stereotypes out there that you're just like, uh, where did this one come from? Yeah. But yeah, and I think um, podcast is a good way for authors to be able to do that because we can do this anywhere in the world at any time now. And I think that's an incredible experience too. And I, I keep saying to everybody that, you know, no matter where I go in life or what I do in life, this this podcast to me is kind of like the lifeline as well because Aww. it's good to remind me why I like to write and why I love writing, especially on days when I'm sitting there going, I'm stuck on this page and I'm not getting any further. Like, Urgh. and then yeah. knowing I got a podcast the next day where something will shake loose or just having a conversation with a different writer can just just ease that door open and and let and let that happen and and that's actually why. Um, 
I started using Discord more. We've actually opened a Discord for the fantasy series that we're going to be running um, called Forgotten Immortals. Nice. So we've got a, a Discord server for gamers and for readers that can come nice. on and share pictures and share conversations and artwork and all that kind of stuff. And we're using that, and that's, that's called Valhalla. It's, it's an incredible... It's a community. It's a great place to just come and forget your worries for, like, an hour or two. Yeah. You know, take part in watching videos and, and the forum chat or, you know sitting in and having a conversation and a cup of coffee in the lounge or you know participating some people you know a lot of authors are gamers too and we've got that option there too for gamers and it just gives them a place that they can come and it's it's, it's their space and it's a, it's a great thing to say i that's, highly recommend trying it actually that's awesome. i was not a huge discord person until recently <laughs> yeah no i gotta check it out that sounds great yeah, I'll definitely send you the link and you can come on by and, and experience it. And the way we kind of, it's almost like dress up because we say, right, pick a Norse god and uh, participate and, and have fun. And, you know, you don't have to participate all the time. You just pick a name and have a laugh and a giggle and, and, and see what happens. So, but yeah, thank you again so much for coming on the Book of Life podcast. That's the podcast for this week, guys. We've got another amazing author coming up. She's more excited than I think I've had in a long time. Um, and I can't wait for her to explode with her news. She's got some great news going on. And uh, so, yeah, everyone be safe. Make sure you're doing safe things. Don't don't laugh too hard when you're drinking coffee and watching and listening to this show. Because I know a couple of you choke. So uh, have some fun and enjoy your week. And we'll see you again on Monday with more from the Book and Life podcast.